started watching a new reality television show recently. Ooh, what are you on? Love is Blind or? Um, no. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, we were, but uh, <laughs> but not anymore. Watching a, it's not, I don't, I don't know how long it's been on, but it's called Farmer Wants a Wife. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. What's like, it on? I think it's on Fox. I think it's on like national te- television yeah um wow it's it's pretty good actually it's like the bachelor except except yeah better in my opinion but um the people are a little less unhinged than they are on the bachelor and the bachelorette <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's just a funny uh idea for a show i guess they they needed to really tap into the the farming market, right? Do you think they went to what is it, farmersonly.com? Um, That's the farmer dating app. <laughs> they may have, you know what they may have? Because they had like online profiles that the girls signed up for. So there's I think four farmers and then five women per farmer. And it's so funny. They every time they refer to them, they refer to them as farmer. So there's like Farmer <laughs> Allen, uh, Farmer Hunter. That's not farmer, real. Far, farmer Hunter is the best one because it's like two different. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Hunter Gatherer, Farmer Hunter, Farmer gatherer. Hunter, Farmer yeah. Baker, <laughs> Farmer <laughs> Businessman. I don't know. That's funny. Farmer Bill, which. We are talking about the farm bill. How do you like that for a segue? Ooh, that was that was slick. You really, yeah, yeah. That's what they call uh, uh, Bill Gates these days, Farmer Bill. Farmer. <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the farm bill, the U.S. Farm Bill, um, which expires in September. We are still under the farm bill that Trump signed in 2018. So there's debate starting on what to include in the new one, uh, what changes to make, what what more to include, what less to include. Uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot of things on different people's minds, different political groups um, that we'll talk about. So there's never really been any uh, any focus on anything like pesticides or farm worker health in the farm bill. A lot of organizations, uh, activist organizations, are looking to change that. They're basically saying anything that they can get into the farm bill to to regulate in favor of those things um, is a win for them, since basically. There's none really in the federal farm bill at this point. So I guess we'll just go through it kind of piece by piece. There's three big pieces that we'll talk about. First one being SNAP. You familiar with what SNAP is? Yep. The modern day food stamps, correct? Yes. Low income uh, food assistance. And it makes up about 80% of the farm bill funding. A lot of this debate is around protecting snap snap is as far as i know a pretty popular program um there are 24 house republicans that have proposed 
uh, what they're calling strengthening eligibility requirements, which are work requirements for people on SNAP, which basically means if you don't work, you don't get SNAP, you don't get, you know, food assistance could jeopardize a hundred million or sorry, <laughs> 10, <laughs> 10 million people's uh, snap benefits, which is a lot. Right. And uh, I'm sure a lot of families are included without uh, with children. Yeah. It seems like one of those things where on the surface, Oh, well that makes sense. You should have to work, but that's not the case for every situation. Uh, and then, like Zach was saying, the children are usually the ones that feel the worst of this. It's not, you know, the, I mean, the adults feel terrible, too. But then the kids really get screwed over because they don't really have a choice in a lot of these matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And people should have jobs, right, to provide for themselves. The, in my opinion, this work requirement isn't really moral or ethical unless there's some kind of job guarantee to where, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody, you know, needs a job, basically, if they lose their job for whatever reason, they can get work somewhere else guaranteed, you know, whether it's the government or, or whatever else it might be. Right. So to, to require like anybody who receives these benefits to have a job, you know, whatever the job is, if they don't have that job security to go along with it, uh, how do you then enforce that requirement for them to have that job? You know what I mean? Because there's plenty of people who who uh, you know get laid off all mm-hmm. the time, uh, get get fired for various reasons, um, or you know just are on disability, anything like that, get hurt at work or something like that. But yeah, I mean to. We can talk about this all day, I guess. <laughs> Work requirements for any benefit. I mean, that's just my take on it. You need to, if you're going to have that, you need to guarantee people's access to a job, I guess. Because there's plenty of work to be done. Uh, and just look at our infrastructure in this country. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of positions to fill that will pay people to do that work. Right. Uh, And just like you were saying, I want to touch on something that I've always thought is kind of crazy, that you should have a guaranteed position. And the real only guaranteed position, which isn't really even guaranteed, but the one main job I think a lot of people think of that is available is the army (laughs) or, you know, the military, which is like crazy to me that you have to go put your life on the line to eat (laughs) or you know i mean i know that's not true for every situation but i feel like every situation they definitely use that to their advantage right when they recruit we'll join the army and all this will be taken care of yeah they go into a lot of um poor neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and, and recruit and you know Presented as an opportunity to basically, you know, get an education or and whatever provide for themselves. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but all it really is, you know, the reason those conditions exist is to feed the, uh, the yeah the military's need for recruits. An entirely different <laughs> argument, but but yeah, I mean, it's not you know it's not totally unrelated. 
Um, just getting yeah, like back. you said, we could talk about this all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to uh, getting back to SNAP, though, um, there is actually a Republican study committee. And you can probably guess what their stance is on SNAP or pretty much any government program. Um, they're proposing removing SNAP from the farm bill altogether. So nobody gets uh, food assistance. Uh, and they also suggested stopping any future enrollments for uh, conservation reserve program and conservation stewardship program, which essentially are, you know, are programs to incentivize putting, you know, pollinator habitat out or, or, or bird habitat and planting vegetation that improves biodiversity um, and ecological function, right? So... All this is really telling me is like this Republican study committee is doing work basically for the the big ag um, to, you know, basically make it so there's no other real financial incentive than than farming land to grow food. Right. Um, Because if you don't have CRP and CSP, a lot of farmers aren't going to, you know, just put aside that land anyways because it helps mm-hmm. ecological function in their area um, they're going to look for something that actually puts money in their pocket right and like zach was talking these are like not only huge uh hugely important for in, you know increasing the biodiversity and what would be a monoculture uh, they, i think they've also found that these crp programs have really increased the soils uh, longevity in those sites. So if they just have CRP there for a few years, turn it back to cropland, it actually increases their yields, uh, which we all kind of knew that. Um, but it seems to be one of those things, like Zach said, though, if the farmers can't afford to rest that field, they're going to have to just keep planting the same thing over and over to because that's what they're incentivized to do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just some things to keep in mind if anybody's out there tracking this farm bill um, and the debate around it. Next piece is pesticides. Like I said, there hasn't really been any uh, focus on pesticides in any farm bill that we've ever had. I think they date back to like 1914 or something. Um, But Cory Booker, senator from... I believe New Jersey. Is that right? You ran for president. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm where he's so from. bad with. Uh, he he reintroduced an act, the Protect America's Children from Toxic Pesticides Act, PACTPA, but it would it would effectively uh, immediately suspend registration of any pesticide product that's already banned in the European Union any country within the European Union or Canada. Uh, It would require employers to report pesticide-related illnesses in their workforce. It would block preemption laws, which is uh, actually a really big deal because preemption laws, they limit how state and local governments can, um, can restrict pesticides. So, you know, if... If the federal government doesn't have any of these things banned, but 
you know, say the state of Massachusetts wants to ban Roundup, mm-hmm. um, a preemption law, a federal preemption law in the farm bill could in turn like prevent them from doing that entirely. Call it, I don't know, unconstitutional. I don't know how they would do it, but it would be, you know, a, a serious right. disadvantage for um, states' rights, as, you know, Republicans like to say they support. There is, you know, really no clear path for that act to be passed at this point. Uh, just because of the makeup of Congress and kind of how Congress operates to never really get anything done ever. Uh, like they couldn't even uh, pass that daylight. Do you remember that daylight savings bill? Yeah, like the simplest bill. <laughs> They're like, we don't know if we want standard time or daylight savings time. So we're going to do neither. Yeah, we're just going to still be in limbo, which is... If you just took the U.S. Congress yeah. to one word, it is limbo. We're just it's always like, yeah, it's never like getting over, anything done. Overwhelmingly, like the American people wanted to just do away with the time change, I think, right? But they just couldn't make up their mind on which time change they wanted to get rid of. Right. But with this uh, PACTPA, I think something that that's in it that really speaks really loudly to me that bothers me a lot about things we do in the United States are not following suit with the European Union or Canada when they find that, hey, this is toxic. This is bad. This is causing a lot of problems in our ecosystems, in our food chains, what have you. Uh, The United States does not follow suit. Uh, I just feel like it goes against everything it's you know you (laughs) i don't know you you can learn a lot more and find a lot more out with a lot more other people if you try and do it all on your own it'll take you twice as long which is usually the route we take that we have to um, yeah (laughs) figure it out ourselves yeah i mean it's it in my in my opinion from where i said it's already figured out right we just got (laughs) People who who are paid to basically not change anything, right? Through lobbying, through the revolving door, <laughs> where you come out with a big pot of money that oh, you yeah. did not get from your day job. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the last piece I wanted to talk about is the Agriculture Resilience Act. Um, which would prioritize research into agroecological farming uh, to reduce food systems reliance on pesticides. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Agroecological, you're depending more on ecological function of, of pollinators and pests and predators of those pests to keep everything really in check, uh, which, you know, it is much more resilient than this what's the norm monocrop chemical agriculture Mm -hmm. to where you know one pesticide resistant pest could wipe out a field any any fluctuations in precipitation or or temperature could uh could wipe out a field or you know an entire an entire crop which you know people we basically 
grow two crops, three crops maybe, at least in, you know, the Midwest where most farming is done. There's two main crops that, that we farm. And, uh, that's a, that's not a very good sign for resiliency is having two plants. Right. Um, and I was going to give you props. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone call it chemical agriculture. I, I don't know where you got that from, but I really liked it. Uh, cause that's really what our agriculture system is now. And that's not something I've really heard anyone say, but that's the truth of the matter is that it is a chemical agriculture system. Yeah. Uh, not I to don't... reiterate too much what Zach says, <laughs> no. but, uh, I just thought I don't that was think really that's cool. a, I don't think that's an original, um, <laughs> term from me Pat i think t- i've heard Pat it before t- I'm, I'm pretty sure i've heard it before yeah uh, uh, but, but yeah i mean oh go ahead i was just gonna say the other byproduct of the chemical agriculture uh is that as we found in that other episode that you presented zach that these pesticides are then making it to our market you're finding them on food still uh the dirty dozen as we talked mm-hmm. uh so it's just a completely outrageous byproduct like this is happening and this all could be stopped by just some regenerative agriculture that sounds like they're trying to push for which i'm totally on board with yeah yeah and that really kind of goes to the the next point is that these kinds of things that we're talking about these improvements um to toward you know making regenerative uh easier kind of making you know the growing process cleaner really um it it it's a huge step towards serving small farmers because a lot of those farms that would benefit from things like that are small farmers and there's a lot of of uh talk in this um republican study committee that some of these these uh programs that exist today really serve to harm farmers but really you know if 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 we were to do this this type of regulation it would serve you know maybe to even increase the number of farmers because it it makes it a level playing field it it, i don't even know how to explain it at this point it's it doesn't serve the big factory um, miles and miles of the same crop, factory farms that, you know, feedlots for cows, anything like that. It really like all of these things, first of all, make the food that we eat better quality and it helps organic farmers, you know, continue what they're doing and, you know, not just provide for themselves, but for their communities as well. Well, thank you for that update on the newest farm bill, Zach. That's really interesting stuff. I'm hoping that uh, a few of those things we talked about get pushed through. Um, specifically, that last point we talked about, the, the agriculture, the regenerative farming. I think that's something we really need. So uh, thank you for bringing us that update uh, yet again. Uh, oh, As always, check our show notes. So you can find us on social medias and follow us, uh, suggest us some articles uh, or anything at all, really. We and love our listeners. We <laughs> want to hear more from them. 
Love our listeners. Yeah, we're <laughs> hoping to get some more interesting info infographics out. So keep on the lookout for that. Uh, but uh, thanks again for listening and anything else from you, Zach? Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.